What is up, everybody? How are you? I'm Pete Mundo, HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Week one, of course, is all wrapped up. And as we do each and every week now that the college football season has started, it is time for the Big 12 football power rankings as we count them down from worst to first. We'll be doing this every single week. We appreciate you being here and joining us as a part of the show. And if you're new to the show, I'd love for you to hit that thumbs up button on YouTube, subscribe to the podcast. Of course, we hook you up with a free koozie when you do that. Just send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O at heartlandcollegesports.com. And yes, I've got them right here. The Heartland College Sports koozies waiting for you. Keep the beer cold at the tailgates this season. So uh, let's get right to it and let's start at the bottom of the Big 12 when it comes to this week's power rankings. There's only one option, right? I mean, what what's the worst loss in the Big 12 this week? By a mile. It's not close. I know some of you who are TCU fans might be thinking it's you, or if you're, oh, I don't know, a, a Texas Tech fan, you might be thinking it's you. No, it's not you. It's not. The worst loss of the week, by far, was Baylor as a four-touchdown favorite losing to Texas State 42-31. to So the Baylor Bears are in dead last place. They are 14th in the Big 12 football power rankings this week. I've not been sold on them. I was not before the season. I had them finishing 10th in my preseason poll. I'm certainly not sold on them right now. They got a tough Utah team this weekend. Blake Shapin's going to be out. For a couple of weeks, he got banged up uh, in the game on Saturday. So it is tough sledding right now for the Baylor Bears. And they are at the bottom, in the basement of this week's Big 12 football power rankings. And it's not all that close. And that's saying something, considering it was a bad week of Big 12 football. I mean, well, I shouldn't say that. It was a bad week for some teams. A couple of teams. So there was competition for that last place spot. At number 13 in the power rankings, and let me refresh how I do this. This is not, when I do power rankings, it's not like how I think the season's going to play out. It's simply what have you done on the field. That's it. That's all that matters in the power rankings. 13th in the power rankings, second to last, I've got the West Virginia Mountaineers. Now, they hung in there with a half, for a half, with Penn State top 10 team in the country on the road. That's worth something. But of course, it unraveled fairly quickly in the second half. I don't know how good West Virginia really is. Um, I liked some of what I saw, but I really don't like the quarterback position, as I've noted many times. So I've got West Virginia at 13th in the power rankings here in week two. Uh, Number 12, Texas Tech losing in overtime to Wyoming on the road in a game that they led 17 to nothing in the first quarter and then just completely let it slip away. And once that game went to overtime, didn't you feel like it was all Texas Tech at that point? That's how I was feeling. I was like, geez, this is all Texas Tech right now. Um, there's no way. This is all, excuse me, Wyoming right now. There's no way Texas Tech's going to win this game. It just felt like all the momentum was with Wyoming at that point. And, of course, they get it done in overtime, and Texas Tech blew this one. They let it slip away. So I've got them at 12th in the power rankings this week. At number 11 in my Big 12 football power rankings, the TCU Horned Frogs. They get to a national championship game last year. Of course, that's all out the window. 
because they open up the season with a loss to Deion Sanders. And I'll tell you what, you know, I'm not really worried about the offense right now. I just don't know who the defense is going to stop. People want to rag on Kendall Bryles because, well, his last name, but that's really not fair. You scored 42 points. What more do you want out of that side of the ball? If I told you you'd score 42 on Friday against Colorado, would you feel good about a win? Yeah, you might even feel good about covering the 20-point spread. Of course, that's not what happened. So TCU's got a lot to figure out. I've got TCU 11th in my Big 12 football power rankings in Week 2. Now we get to the top 10, and all these teams won. The question is, how did they look while doing it? At number 10, I have BYU. The defense was steady. It held Sam Houston State to 38 rushing yards and 2 of 14 on third downs. The offense was hard to watch. Now, I think there's a lot of room for improvement under Keaton Slovis, but I don't sit here and say, gosh, you know, I feel very good about the offense coming out of that game. I don't. Southern Utah should be a layup this week, and then it's Arkansas in week three for BYU. I've got them 10th right now in those Big 12 football power rankings. At number nine in the power rankings, Oklahoma State comes in at number nine. They beat Central Arkansas. They took care of business by a couple of touchdowns. Three quarterbacks played. I don't know who's who. I mean, I know who's who. (laughs) I'm just saying, is it going to be Rangel? Is it going to be Bowman? Is it going to be Gunnar Gundy? Ultimately, Gundy played the best of the three in my eyes. Are some people going to freak out because, well, he's the walk-on, the kid of the coach? Maybe. I wouldn't. I don't care about any of that. I don't think fans should really care about that. So uh, his QBR was best of the bunch. I've got Oklahoma State at nine in this week's Big 12 football power rankings. At number eight in the power rankings, the Iowa State Cyclones come in in the eighth spot. Now, Iowa State didn't have to really sweat anything this week against Northern Iowa. There's just a lot of new faces. Some of these guys have been in the program for a couple of years under Matt Campbell. Some of them are brand new. But a lot of new faces. And that's not the worst thing in the world after how the last couple of years went for Iowa State. You have last year, which was you know the worst year under Campbell, technically, from a Big 12 record perspective. And two years ago was a massive letdown. After you get to a Big 12 championship game, the 2021 team was kind of just not as fired up, it seemed like, as the 2020 season. So new faces, new leaf for Matt Campbell, not a bad thing. I've got Iowa State at 8th in the power rankings this week. Uh, At 7th in the power rankings, I've got the Houston Cougars. If you had told me that Houston would score 17 points, I would have told you that, you know what, they're going to lose by a touchdown or two. That didn't happen. The defense played well. It was a good win. Houston was an underdog in this game as well. So I've got Houston coming in at 7th in my Big 12 Power Rankings this week. At number 6, the Cincinnati Bearcats. Emory Jones, Big 12 Player of the Week. He was absolutely outstanding at quarterback. He's got his old buddy back, wide receiver Xavier Henderson. They played together at Florida, and Henderson had himself a career-high day, 149 receiving yards. So combine that with a defensive line that should be very strong. And I'll tell you what. They beat one of the better teams on the Big 12 schedule this week as an underdog. That's worth something. And I've got them at number 
uh, excuse me, that was Houston who won as an underdog. Cincinnati destroyed Eastern Kentucky. So uh, I've got them at number six. I know it's Eastern Kentucky, but hey, they looked really good doing it. And Emory Jones was the uh, Big 12 player of the week on the offensive side of the ball. Now we hit the top five. Geez, you go from 10 teams every week to 14. You got to keep track of all this. We get to the top five of the Big 12 football power rankings for week two. And here we go. Kansas comes in at number five. The Jayhawks rolled over, of course, lesser competition against Missouri State. There's not much to take away from the game. However, they did it without Jalen Daniels, the preseason Big 12 player of the year, who's going to be back coming up uh, this weekend against Illinois on a Friday night matchup. I can't wait to see him play. It's going to be a great game. And KU, I'm putting in the top five coming out of this past week. At number four in the Big 12 Power Rankings, how about Texas? They rolled Rice 37-10. Now, they got a little slow to start the game. I didn't think Quinn Ewers was outstanding by any stretch of the imagination. Defense was strong. It was basically a 37-3 game. And then fourth quarter came around, and Texas called them off. So the Longhorns, uh, I've got them in the number four spot in the Big 12 Power Rankings this week. At number three, UCF. Huge win to open up the season last Thursday night against Kent State. One of the more impressive performances in the league in week one. You got to like what they're doing, I mean, on both sides of the ball. But the rushing attack was unbelievable. 389 yards on the ground. That is impressive. I know, I know it's Kent State, but come on. You can only work with one week of data points here. So... Give me UCF and that offense that's going to cause some sleepless nights for Big 12 defenses this fall. At number two in the Week 2 Big 12 Power Rankings, I've got Oklahoma, who crushed Central Arkansas 73-zip, was the most points for OU since scoring 76 against Western Carolina a couple of years ago. So a very good showing there by OU. 642 yards of offense, nearly 8 yards per play. I mean, it was as good as you could ask for if you're Brent Venables. Now, the non-con is a joke for OU, but you take it, you run with it, and uh, that brings us to number one, the Kansas State Wildcats. 45-0 win over Southeast Missouri State on Saturday. Uh, I see no reason to move them off the top spot. They were my preseason pick to win the Big 12. How about this? Quarterback Will Howard, seventh player in the history of the Big 12 to record a passing touchdown, receiving touchdown, and a rushing touchdown in a single game. Defense pitched a shutout. Um, You like what you're seeing from the offensive side of the ball, and there you go. That's the power rankings of the Big 12 Conference, counting them down from 14 to 1. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. Great to have you guys on board. We appreciate you being here and joining us on the show, whether it is on Facebook Live, whether it's on YouTube Live, whether it is on the podcast or on the radio show. It is always great to have you guys on board. Now, I don't know if you saw this, but um, Texas Tech Mega Booster reacted to their loss to Wyoming over the weekend. Did you see this? It came up in one of the message boards. So this is a... You don't typically see big time boosters posting on message boards like this, but you got to give credit to Cody Campbell. 
He's a Texas Tech regent. He's a massive donor to the football program. And he posted a blog post on Texas Tech's RedRaiderSports.com. And he talked about how disappointed he was in the outcome of the game on Saturday. He said there's no one more disappointed than him. But he goes on to make a good point that I think every fan base should be able to relate to, take a step back, and realize. Here's what Cody Campbell says. Remember, he played football at Texas Tech 20 years ago now. He said, here's the reality. He writes, the nature of college football is that sometimes you have games like we had on Saturday night. It was the definition of a trap game. We fell right into it. Wyoming is salty, tough, well-coached. We played them at their place, 7,200 feet, first game of the season. And then he goes on to say this, and this is important too. Even though it feels like Joy McGuire has been our coach for many years, he just coached his 14th game at Texas Tech. And even though we had more preseason excitement than we've had in over a decade, we still have a ton of work to do. We aren't yet good enough to have a bad night and still win against a solid team. He said, I expect we'll bounce back and have a good season. My senior year, 2004, we lost a very similar game to New Mexico and Albuquerque, but we ended the season with a win over Cal and Aaron Rodgers in the Holiday Bowl and finished inside the top 20. This team can absolutely still finish even better than we did back then. He goes on to say that Joey McGuire is a perfect fit for Tech, same guy he was 24 hours ago, stick with him, blah, 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 all that good stuff. I agree with everything written there by Cody Campbell, the regent and the mega booster at Texas Tech. And it's one of those things that I think you got to sit there and say to yourself, how many other fan bases could use that kind of a message? How many other fan bases could use the message of it's one game, it's week one? Like, I don't think West Virginia's got its quarterback in Garrett Green. But I'm not sitting here looking at the game on Saturday and saying, gosh, Neil Brown really screwed the pooch on that one. I don't feel that way. I don't think Neil did lose them that game on Saturday night. I don't think he had the horses to compete with James Franklin in Happy Valley. Now, I may feel differently in a month about Neil Brown. He's certainly got a red-hot seat right now, and he's got to start winning some games here. Um, He's got to beat Pitt in a couple of weeks. That's a good place to start. But... I don't come out of that game saying, geez, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if you know Neil Brown's the guy. Now, I don't know if Neil Brown's the guy, but I don't think it's because of what happened in Happy Valley. I just think we've got a you know, four-plus-year track record to look at and realize, you know what? Uh, this may not be working. And here's the other problem, and this is going to be a big talking point in a lot of college campuses over the next year. If Deion Sanders and Colorado have the kind of year that we now think they might be able to have, if they are able to put together a shocker of a season, if they go 8-4, and four, nobody sees it coming, Deion's bringing in 50 new players, how many presidents, athletic directors, and board of regents around the country are going to be saying, who is our Deion Sanders? Where is our Deion Sanders? You're going to have guys like Steve Sarkeesian, Brent Venables, so many others who are going to be preaching, hey, you know what? we got to take time. We need a few years. we got to slow it down. Do you really? Look what Dion's doing. Look what Dion just did. Right? I mean, you could say that Neil Brown, West Virginia, 
He's now in year five. How much time is enough in the transfer portal era to say, I need more time to recruit my guys, to bring in my guys? It starts to lose its luster after a while. And I think that's going to be a fallout from all this, depending on how the season goes for Colorado. Now, maybe Dion face plants after this. I don't know. But right now, obviously, it's only week one, but it looks pretty good. Meantime, I do have to spend a few minutes here diving into uh, what Paul Feinbaum said when it comes to expansion and just conference realignment. So you know by now, last week, the ACC brought in SMU, Cal, and Stanford. So that's going to bring the ACC to 18 teams. Uh, The schools who are not happy about this, Clemson and Florida State, and they want out. They want to be out of here as quickly as they can. Paul Feinbaum went on the Matt Barry radio show, and he essentially congratulated the ACC for sending Florida State, Clemson, and North Carolina out the door, saying, quote, there's such a fissure right now in the ACC. I just want to congratulate the ACC for voting out Clemson, for essentially voting out Clemson, North Carolina, and Florida State, because after what happened Friday with the admission of SMU, Cal, and Stanford, they have essentially given those three a ticket out. That league, which was already teetering towards irrelevancy, has just taken on three schools that devalue an already discounted product even more. And that league is heading towards the iceberg. Now, does this open up an avenue for the Big 12? Maybe. The big, Brett Yormark, if he could ever figure out a way, to land Florida State and Clemson, he would be a hero of all heroes. I'm not suggesting he can do it. I'm not suggesting he's going to do it. But I certainly think that Brett Yormark, understanding that Florida State and Clemson are disenfranchised right now, would love nothing more than to tap into SEC country. He's already dabbling there a little bit, of course, with UCF. But he would love nothing more than to dabble really deep in the SEC country with Clemson and Florida State. Now, of course, the SEC would have to say, we don't want to add anymore. And they may not. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to play out. The SEC probably doesn't want to expand anymore. They've got enough teams. They've got enough high-quality, talented teams. But they may have to add Florida State and Clemson simply because... They want to block the Big 12 from getting stronger with those two brands. And that cannot be overlooked in this conversation. Sometimes you're adding teams because it is a zero-sum game to prevent somebody else from bringing in teams. And I I don't think the SEC wants to expand. I mean, if I'm Texas and OU, I wouldn't want to bring in Florida State and Clemson at this point. Like, you got enough competition, right? Do you really need more? Someone's got to finish in last place here. Don't want it to be us. But then you look at the reality and you say, well, if we want to maintain our status as the premier college football conference bar none and prevent a conference like the Big 12 from closing the gap between the SEC and the Big 10, then you may just say, screw it. We've got to add. We have to bring in these teams because if we don't, what's going to happen? We're going to find ourselves in a situation where they're gaining ground on us. 
And that's why in this environment, in a college football landscape where there's no rules, there's no regulation, everybody does whatever the heck they want, whenever they want, no one's uh, got to abide by the contracts that they've agreed to, this is where the Wild West enters. But I'll tell you what, when it comes to the Wild West, there's nobody I'd rather have leading the conference, leading my conference, the Big 12, than Brett Yormark in this Wild West. There's not a single person you're going to find that I believe will do a better job for this league and vouching and advocating and setting this league up for success than Brett Yormark. So I don't know if he can pull it off. I don't know if he can be the guy that will help this conference land a Florida State and a Clemson. All I know is if anybody can pull it off, if anybody can be that guy, be that person to make it happen, it's Brett Yormark. I'll tell you that right now. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. Welcome, and it's great to have you on board. Uh, thanks so much for joining us here. Uh, Scott says that the preseason picks are a joke. Scott, it's week one. Uh, what's got y'all bent out of shape, brother? I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you, all right? I think Baylor's going to be worse than most people had. I got K-State and Tech in the Big 12 title game. Um, you know, I mean, the Tech thing's not looking great right now, but who knows? We'll see. I, I, I don't know how you can say they're a joke after one week. I just, you know. Now, they might be a joke. I'll give you that. They, they might be a complete joke, but I don't know how you come to that conclusion right now. <laughs> I don't. Oh, gosh. Well, have a great night. Thank you guys for joining us. Hey, hit that thumbs up button on YouTube. Subscribe to the show. Thank you so much for being here, for joining us on Heartland College Sports. I'm Pete Mundo. And uh, subscribe to the podcast as well. Great time to get on board. That way you never miss a show. And if you do want that free Heartland College Sports koozie, you just got to send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. You guys are the best. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you soon here on Heartland College Sports. Take care. And let me add, we have team podcasts as well. So wherever you get your podcasts, Search Heartland College Sports. We got all the team shows up there so you can subscribe to those. We'll see you guys later.